listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. And welcome back to another episode of the Astros Future Podcast presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I'm your host, Jimmy Price, also known as Astros Future. You can find my work at astrosfuture.com and find me on Twitter at Astros Future. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by a very special guest, the Astros Minor League Player of the Year for 2021, Luke Barry here. Uh, Luke, how you doing, man? I'm doing real good, man. Real good. How about you? Uh, not bad. Can't complain. So first, before we get any further, I just want to congratulate you on being named minor league player of the year. And how does it feel to, I guess, you know, all the work that you put in, not just for this season, but the previous season to be able to put up a year like you did in 2021 and get the honor, you know, from the, from the team and then be also, you know, honored at the, the one of the playoff games this year. Oh, well, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, man, it was, it, it was surreal. I, I mean, I knew I had a good season and all that, but I didn't think I had that kind of season. Um, uh, I was, I mean, if, if someone would have told me that this was going to be how it was going to end up for me, um, if they would have told me that before the season, I would have been, uh, I would have told them to get out of there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, I was very, it's, it was, it's very cool to see all my hard work pay off. Um, I mean, it's Definitely. been, it's been leading up to this for, I guess my whole career. Like I, I always mm-hmm. knew that I was a good hitter. I just had to put some stuff together and then, uh, and I guess it finally clicked for me a little bit this year. Yeah, no, awesome season and, and well, definitely well-deserved. But before we get anything else, I want to ask you, I saw that you had the shoulder, uh, shoulder surgery in the offseason. Can you tell us about the injury and how are you feeling now? Sure, yeah. Um, uh, I'm feeling real good now. Um, I'm probably about two months out from surgery. Um, I'm doing most normal things so far, and uh, I'm, I'm working my way up to being able to work out with it in a few weeks, um, start hitting in probably a month off the tee. Um, but yeah, I uh, yeah, I tore my labrum, um, uh, almost like about ninety percent. Uh, the doctors said mm-hmm. if you look at like a clock, it's circular. <laughs> Twelve o'clock going all the way around to ten o'clock was uh, was torn. So just wow. that little piece top hanging on. Yeah, and I ended up tearing it the the first week of the season, and wow. uh, then it just kept kept dislocating probably five or six more times throughout the year, and then finally decided to get surgery after the season. Man, so a 90% torn labrum and you put up those kind of numbers. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. So, and it, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you grew up in Georgia. So did you did you grow up a Braves fan? I did, yeah. yeah. So I think, I know you probably were a little conflicted, you know, your hometown team versus the Astros in the World Series organization that you're with now. So ha- what were your thoughts on the World Series? And I know either way you were probably happy. If your team, if the Astros win, great. Hometown team wins, win, great. But what are your thoughts on, what were your thoughts on the World Series? Um, yeah, it was, it was cool to see the Braves win after all this time, but I mean, I'm, I'm a hundred percent, uh, an Astro. Um, I mean, it could, it couldn't have been a better team, I guess, to win it in, in my case. Right. Um, other than the Astros, but, um, I'm, I'm all Astro now. I mean, if, if the way I think about it is what have the Braves ever done for me? Other than <laughs> just be the team where I grew up around. So right. if that's investing in me and stuff. I'm, I'm a hundred percent an Astro. Uh, Brian McCann was a, you know, a longtime catcher for the Braves. Is that somebody that you grew up kind of 
you know, watching, modeling yourself after, I'm assuming you played catcher maybe through high school or college, but was that somebody that you grew up kind of watching and, and modeling yourself after? Oh, big time. He was definitely like one of my top players um, to, to watch and just root around. Um, and him, yeah, him being a catcher as well. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, to look up to, um, as well as uh, Tyler Flowers. I really, really emulate my some of my catching game after him, too. You had quite the year, you know, after the Astros traded for you from the Reds. But and I think I'd asked you about this a little while back, but how did you find out about it? And then what was your feeling when you found out that the Astros traded for you, you know, got you into their organization earlier this year? That was wild, man. Um, yeah, I was sitting down uh, at Waffle House with, with my buddy Dylan Cease. He's a big leaguer with the White mm -hmm. Sox. Um, we were just sitting down at Waffle House to get some breakfast one morning. And then uh, I got a call from my farm director saying, hey, Luke, how's it going, blah, blah, blah. Um, it sounds like you're in a, a spot that's kind of loud. Can you go somewhere we can talk? And mm -hmm. I was like, uh oh, what, what is <laughs> this? This doesn't sound good. So <laughs> outside, and he's like, well, I don't know how, how else to say it, but you've been traded to the Astros. And uh, they talked to me on, on and on a little bit um, mm -hmm. and said that they uh, they asked for me by name and uh, and uh, they traded a, a good player to get me. So um, so that, that was that, that was really good to hear. It was it was it was wild at the time. Right. Um, that, that kind of softened the blow and, and helped me get in a good headspace to, to get over here. For sure. So I noticed in 2021, looking back through your college numbers, you, you had the best numbers of your career, including college. And I know earlier when we talked uh, early in the season that the Astros did kind of make some adjustments to your swing. So what would you attribute to the numbers that you put up th this year? Was it anything you did in the offseason? Was it the changes or was it just kind of getting comfortable in the, at the plate? I think it was getting comfortable at the plate. Um, and yeah, as, as soon as I got with the Astros, um, they started making little changes. They said, yeah, you, you got a good foundation, but there's some things here and there that uh, we think are going to hinder you in the long run. So um, we, we really don't care how, like what, what the output is right now. We're, we just want you to start mm -hmm. uh, start working towards some things to, to start helping you in the future. And so um, it, it ended up paying off a little quicker than we expected, I guess. Um, yeah. Was that something that you – Obviously, you're working on in the offseason after the Astros traded for you. Was that something that you, you kind of started seeing immediate results from, or is it something you kind of had to work through as you were getting comfortable to the the new changes that they made? I definitely had to work through through some stuff. Um, if if anyone looks at a video of me, I, I guess still early in the season too, um, mm -hmm. but definitely college. I haven't. I had a nasty bat tip. The bat was the the end of the bat was pretty much pointed at the first base dugout. It seemed like. Um, and as soon as I started getting rid of that, I started seeing a little more consistency. And then just throughout the year, I started, it started quieting down even more and, uh, just, yeah, just complete consistency. So I'm sure it was, it was just a coincidence, but I, I like to look at this and think that it was maybe a good luck charm, but you sung the national anthem on June 6th for the woodpeckers. And after that, for the next 26 games, you hit 341 with nine homers and 30 RBIs, you know, before getting promoted to Asheville. So I'm going to say that was a good luck charm, but what's your take on that? Or is that just when things started clicking for you? You know, it could have been the good luck charm. Um, honestly, yeah, it could have get, gotten, me, uh, gotten me in a good headspace, I mm -hmm. guess, or something. I don't know. I, I love singing and performing for people. So, so that, that honestly could have done it. But um, I don't know. Things, I guess, just started clicking around that time. I, uh, I remember I was, I was really trying to find, like, a good position for my hands, um, mm -hmm. my load and stuff like that. And then um, – I hit one home run and then I just started feeling great at the plate and then everything just took off from there. 
Awesome. This year you played at Fayetteville, got promoted to Asheville, and then got promoted to Corpus Christi. So you've played at three different levels. Obviously you had a lot of different hitting coaches, the other coaches that travel kind of team to team. So how was it getting information from, from so many coaches and, and kind of processing that and putting it all together, you know, also offensively, but also defensively behind the plate? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was every, – everyone knew what they were talking about, it seemed like. Um, mm-hmm. They all had ideas when it came to, uh, to, to helping me out with my swing. I, I'd go up and ask them stuff, and they'd give me their advice. And, um, um, and that, that's all you can do. Uh, they kept – they always said it was my career, so they would, they would give me the best advice they could, and then I could do whatever I wanted with it. Um, and each guy had their own ideas. So I, I took what I felt was working for me from each guy and, uh, and just try to do my best with it. So coming into the season, did you have any goals set for yourself, like in terms of what level you wanted to be at? Or I don't know if you put like number goals together on, hey, I want to hit this many home runs or anything. But did you have any goals? And if, if you did, did you accomplish those goals for what you did in, in 2021? Yeah, before I answer that, I'm going to say I greatly surpassed my goals for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was expecting or I get. Yeah, I guess expecting to be able to move up at least one level mm-hmm. and uh, been perfectly happy with that. But then um, that promotion came decently early in the season. And so mm-hmm. that gave me that gave me time to, to set a new goal, going to double and, and work on that. And um, I'm very, very happy to say that I accomplished that as well. For sure. So what's your philosophy on calling a game behind the plate? You know, do you, and I know there's obviously a lot of help from the, the coaches and things as well, but are you kind of a pitch backwards kind of guy? Is it just a flow of, of what the pitchers feel on that day? If his fastballs, if he's locating his fastball better than maybe his off speed pitch, what's, what's kind of your go-to, I guess, if you were calling the game? That's a bunch of great points. Um, I'd say it's, it's probably a combination of everything. Um, if, if a guy's slider is just really on that day, we might, uh, might increase the, the amount of times I put the three down, um, uh, vice versa with a fastball. And mm-hmm. then if they're their team, that's just absolutely crushing the ball right now. Um, I just, I got to try to see like if he has any holes and try to exploit that. Um, it's, it's really just a, an evolving kind of game plan throughout the game. You, you always go into the game with a plan, but then it usually never goes exactly according to plan. So you just gotta, you gotta try to be able to, to shape shift it throughout the nine innings. For sure. So now you, you said you're a month away from um, from hitting on a tee, which will put us close to the end of the year and then kind of get ramped up for the spring. But uh, are there any other plans that you have for the offseason, uh, baseball related or maybe even non-baseball related? Um, honestly, there's not a ton I can do mm-hmm. uh, without my both both good shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I I definitely need to, to work on my throwing a little bit. That's that's one part of my game where I, I feel like I'm. I'm a little bit behind, um, like throwing accuracy and stuff like that. Um, so I, I mean, my, my right shoulder is still good, so I could probably mm-hmm. start throwing here soon. Um, hitting, that's just going to have to wait. Um, just trying to get as strong and, and as fast as I can throughout the off season and, uh, hopefully be playing a couple gigs here, here, here soon. So, um, that, that always keeps my mind on, keeps me in a good headspace kind of thing. Sure. So, so do you just play like local stuff, like back in your hometown in Georgia? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Bars, restaurants, sports bars, stuff like that. So I guess, I guess your shoulders at least right-handed. So your shoulders probably good enough to, to still be able to play the guitar. It is big time. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was good. After, good. Probably week, two weeks after the surgery. Cool. So. so I always like to ask catchers this. I think this is an interesting, interesting question to kind of get some information, but 
you caught a lot of pitchers this year since you were at three different levels, but who was the nastiest pitcher that you caught in the Astros organization this year? And, you know, was it a, was it a fastball or a slider or a curveball? But what, who was the nastiest guy you caught this year? Oh, man. And I'm sure there's more than one, but. Yeah, that's, that's a tough <laughs> one, man. Hard to narrow it down. I mean, if, so I've, I've caught just about everybody that I caught this year. I caught multiple times. Mm-hmm. And if, if a guy was just really on one day, then, I mean, that's that's hard to beat. And then the next time it could be off and, and another guy could be really on. So it, it just depends on on who's just really feeling good that day. Um, yeah. One guy I, I keep coming back to is RJ Frewer. Um, that guy, he's – I think he's got five pitches and he mm-hmm. can locate them all really well most of the time. So I, I always had a really good time catching him. Um, rarely ever had to block with him he would he would land most of his off-speed pitches in the zone and um, usually people couldn't touch him yeah I think he's pitching over in the Arizona Fall League right now too Mm -hmm. yep so I saw a picture um uh, from a a while back I'm talking heck I guess it's probably 10 12 years ago of you and Justin Fields I I guess he played on a a little league team or maybe like some kind of select ball team with uh, with you do you still keep in contact with him at, at all I know he's obviously you know uh, the Bears starting quarterback now. Right. Yeah. No, I, uh, I really haven't talked to him in years. Um, yeah, that was, that was a 14 year travel team okay. and, uh, we did really, we did really good that year. And then, <laughs> uh, uh, we just started playing for our different teams and, uh, I never really, never really I talked gotcha. to him. After. I think I reached out to him one time in college, like mm-hmm. when I was coming, he never replied to me. So, okay. <laughs> so, you get a lot of downtime. Well, shouldn't say you get a lot of downtime in the minors. There's a lot of time that you probably have, you know, after a game to, you know, unwind a little bit before you got to wake up the next day. So how do you spend that time? Like what, what's your go-to TV show, your favorite TV show of all time that, you know, you put on when you're, you're, you're trying to kill some time, either trying to get to sleep or wait for the next day, what next game to roll around. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, I think I was watching, I think I watched Ozark a lot this okay. year. Um, I think I watched that twice. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big gamer, honestly. I, I like playing Call of Duty. That's, that's my, nice. my way. Um, but I do enjoy, I do enjoy some TV too. A bunch of the guys play, bring their PlayStation and Xboxes on the road and stuff. So we're always playing together. Yeah. So, uh, and actually in that case, um, I know a lot, like before in the Texas league, the complaints were always how far you had to travel to, to go to a game. And a lot of, sometimes it might be a turnaround. You might not even have a day off. So how did the, how did the schedule this year playing six games in a row and then having that one day off for travel, how did that kind of work out for y'all? And was it something that you think was a benefit? And I think, I believe uh, baseball is going to continue doing that next year. Was that something that you liked? I absolutely loved it. Yes. Um, it's, it's good to be able to, to settle in to a place for a week at a time um, instead of just getting up and going every three days. And uh, definitely with, I'm, I'm sure it, it logistically, it's a lot better for the team saving mm-hmm. money and not, go back and forth so much but I as a player I really enjoyed um just staying in one spot because I mean that's a lot less bus time for sure um, like yeah imagine like 10 hours between each place in the Texas league and you got to do that every three days versus right. every six so it's it's it, yes yeah, it's, it's really good on your mental health and I I, I believe it it helps with your body too um because mm-hmm. you get a lot better sleep right um, not just sitting in those uncomfortable bus seats for for 10 hours at a time yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I, I was in like a car for like five hours yesterday before I went out and d- did something. And I couldn't imagine having to sit there for 10 hours and, and arrive at whatever time, you know, four or five, six a.m. in the morning having to play baseball later that day. So, yeah, I think it's 
for a fan perspective too, I like it because you know if your team's home, they're going to be home for six days in a row, and then if they're on the road, they're they're gone for six days in a row. So definitely makes it a lot easier. But I can see how it definitely would be a benefit for the players. Mm-hmm. All right, Luke. Well, I appreciate it, man. That's all I got. Uh, congratulations on a phenomenal season. Well deserved minor league player of the year. Awesome offensive numbers. Uh, glad to see you get that promotion up to double A this year and hopefully the, the offseason uh, rehab goes well and you'll be back kicking it next year in 2022. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me on. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Astros Future Podcast, covering your Astros in the minor league system.